This is the QC Pod. I'm Han Mei Cho. Today we meet Ivy Huang. She is a accounting and information system professor at Queens College. Hey Ivy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the opportunity. It's nice meeting you here online. Yeah, it's great to meet you. All right, so today we're going to be talking about the stock market, and I just want to begin by asking,、uh, who should be investing in the stock market? Okay, sure. Yeah.、Um, so before I answer your question, I just want to give a little bit background, and of course, my perspective would be related to my background.、Um, so as you know, I'm a professor in accounting. My research, some of my research, are related to finance as well, and I also invest in stock markets myself. So I guess my my feedback would be from my experience as an investor as well as my profession as an accounting professor. And I, I wanted to point that out because. You could get a very different perspective from somebody that's in accounting versus somebody that's in finance. Yeah. So,、um, going back to your question, who should be investing in the stock market? In my opinion, I think someone that first of all you must be interested in the stock market.、Um, what I meant by interested is not just you want to, of course, make money from your investments, but also someone that invests in stock market should be somebody that really wants to get to know about the company that they are investing in.、Um, someone that. Like to do research about the company. Okay, now I do know many people that know nothing about a company and still invest, and of course that's their personal choice. But in my opinion, if I am investing in a company, I, I do want to spend a lot of time understanding the company. And so when you're asking who should be investing, I think the first criteria is somebody is willing to put their time and efforts into understanding not just the stock markets but also individual companies. And also the second factor, which I think is also very important, is somebody that have extra saving that they can afford to lose because the stock market is very risky. I think nowadays I I know people are investing using margin, which is money that you borrow from the broker. That would not be something that I personally would do. I. I will only invest what I have outside of all my expenses. So extra saving that I have, I will only invest up to that amount that I don't need to use、um, in the foreseeable future. So those are, I think, the two things that I I would say somebody that should be investing is somebody that's interested and somebody that has the extra saving. That's a that's a great point. Yeah, I really like how you point out that. People should be interested in the companies because nowadays you see, you know, so many new investors. You know, they like you know Reddit investors. Right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media plays a big factor today. You know, they don't do proper research and you know they just see what's on social media and then just they just、exactly. you know start investing and then you know things go bad. So um, I want to ask uh. When people are looking at companies, what should they be looking for specifically? Yeah, sure.、Um, so I think what you mentioned about the social media that that's actually that's actually where I would start just to know what companies are out there. 
Okay, I wouldn't necessarily go with what people are buying. Another point is that I think for the past year, because everybody's been staying at home, there's nothing really for you to do. The stock market actually turned into a casino a little bit. And oh. as you mentioned, um, yeah. with the Reddit investors, um, I mean, many of them are probably very sophisticated investors, but they are also the ones that just buy based on what people say. And I'm not saying that it's a bad strategy because, you know, as you know, like a lot of people actually make a lot of money from that. Yeah, but so for me personally, although I would start with not just social media, but also look at the news a lot, you know, to, to try to learn about what companies are out there. But once I pick a company that I might be interested, of course, from my background as an accountant, I look at their financial statement, try to understand a couple of things I look at. One is um, the P ratio that a lot of people talked about, and that is how much they earned per year versus what the stock price is. So let's say if you are a $10 company and you have a dollar earning, okay, that would mean that your PE ratio is just 10. Um, so one way to look at that is basically, well, if I buy the companies at $10 today, mm-hmm. after 10 years, and of course, forget about the discounted factor and so on. After 10 years, I'll definitely have that $10 back because they would be earning that $1 per year times 10, and they will be earning $10. So there's basically no, well, I wouldn't say no risk, but very little risk there, assuming their earnings are going to persist. So a little bit of financial statement analysis, um, looking at their earnings, looking at the book value of the company. And so again, that's my background as an accountant. It's where um, how much assets they have minus how much liability. So the net book value, which if you have a company that is being traded at $10, but then they have $5 of cash on their book, that is a good signal as well now but i do want to point out that apply only to companies that is established um, if you're looking at a lot of the i would say the hot stock nowadays the, the, those are growth companies that they don't actually have any positive earnings okay but i also invest in those stocks as well but for those my analysis would be a little bit different okay i would still look at their financial statements and just to make sure they have enough cash flow so that they don't go bankrupt in a foreseeable future. But uh, more importantly then is to research the industry those companies are in. And of course, the company, I look at their website, for example, just to understand the company. That's, yeah, that's a lot of information there. So when it comes to financial statements, it's important for people to look at the P-E ratio my personal question is, if the P-E ratio is higher, does that mean that's a good sign? It's actually the opposite. The lower, the better. Oh, I see. Now, and that is only if the company generates net income. So mm-hmm. let's say if you have a company with a P-E ratio of 2, that's just saying that you can make your investment back in two years. Coinbase, that just went IPO. I forgot what their P-E ratio is, but I think it's in the hundreds. So basically, that's saying that if they keep earning the same amount, if they want to earn the market value of the company back, that takes them 100 years. Now, when the P ratio is so high, that is an indication that they're a growth company. So it may not necessarily be a bad thing, but we'll just tell you it's a more risky investment. Thank you for that clarification. Um, So speaking of these growth companies, I want to talk about like penny stock companies next. Mm-hmm. Because that seems to be 
a bit of like a buzz or like a hot place nowadays. Can you explain what penny stocks are and the risks involved for investors who are just getting into the stock market? Yeah, so I personally, I actually, to be honest, we don't know too much about penny stock because I don't really look at them. And, and the reason is because I think there is a reason why they're penny stocks because they're not doing so well. So, of course, the benefits of investing in those penny stocks is that, let's say, if there is any positive news that comes out, since they are uh, market capitalization, it's so low, it doesn't take much to drive their price up. Okay, because they're such a small company. But of course, the downside is, well, if they're a penny stock, that means probably something wrong with the company. So I would be very careful. I, I personally don't look at those companies. But um, if you're someone that's interested in penny stocks, I would just be very careful investing in those stocks. Really try to understand the company, why they're not, you know, like why are they in the penny range? Is it because they are going bankrupt or is it, because there, there's a risk of delisting. So those are the things that you must find out before you put your money into those, um, those stocks. Yeah, that's a good point because, you know, I started investing, um, I think about four months ago. And okay. I looked at penny stocks and I started having these imaginations or like fantasies, you could say, that, oh, like I could buy so much shares. And, you know, if they like go up to even a dollar, I'll make like, six figures or I'll make like so much more money. And I think that's the mistake I made from my personal experience is that like imagining and having this fantasy that I can make so much money from penny stocks without really like grasping the reality. Because I think um, from September 2020 to uh, January 2021, the stock market was it was just on the rise, right? It was, I feel like it was growing a lot and everything just looked so positive, right? So I was like, oh man, like penny stocks, why aren't people investing in penny stocks? You could like make six figures probably. And then, you know, because that's when like everything seems so good. And like you said, I didn't really do much research and I was just caught up in my own fantasies. And then I like invested in penny stocks and Right now, like they're looking horrible, you know. I lost. There was a correction. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Right. It, because everything went up so high. I think. Uh. Everything like dropped. Um. Recently, and yeah, I think that w- I I learned that the hard way that like research really is important. Is this um something that a lot of people do before they invest, especially for like beginner investors? They kind of have this like imagination or like fantasy that they could make a lot of money but then you know they don't really look at the uh the research process per se the fundamentals right. yeah so another thing about penny stock i think one is um investors are interested in the penny stocks because you can buy so many shares of them but if you think about the way that you know return works is that the percentage of return so let's say if you have a thousand dollar you would buy ten thousand shares of penny stocks that's at 10 cents each, right? Mm-hmm. Versus if you buy one share of, let's say Tesla, you get like a little bit over one share. You're, you are investing $1,000. So your return is really just based on the percentage. It doesn't make it better because you have 10,000 shares of this penny stock. Because if you are getting a 5% return, your return would be identical on both companies. So look at um, the company itself rather than 
the price at ten cents is relatively cheap, but it it doesn't work that way because that's the the price doesn't really matter. It's the market capitalization that matters. So basically, if it's too good to be true, it kind of right. That's what you're saying. If it's too good to be true, it. No, 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 not that. Like, let me give you an example. So right. Right now, I didn't look today, but I think Tesla is about seven hundred dollar. Okay, so that to a lot of investors seems to be expensive because it's at seven hundred dollar. Now, I'm not commenting on whether the company is actually expensive or not, but just the seven hundred dollar number seems to be expensive. So let's say if they do a stock split, okay, basically splitting their shares one to a hundred. Okay, so what that means is that one share now becomes a hundred shares at seven dollar each. Oh, I see. Yeah. Does that make sense? So now, let's say their shares is at seven dollar each, but now it takes a hundred shares to have that equivalent of the seven hundred dollar one share. Now it doesn't really change anything, whether it's at seven dollar or seven hundred dollar. It's just like a piece of pie. It doesn't matter how many slices you cut it; it's still the same pie. That's where I was trying to get to: is that the price doesn't matter, the size of the slice doesn't matter. You really have to see how big the pizza is as a whole. All right. So with penny stock, the the misconception is that it's very cheap, but it may or may not actually be cheap. Mm-hmm, right. So basically, like the value, it seems like the company value is what matters、exactly. more than like the price、right. of the share, right? Exactly.、Mm-hmm, yes. I see. I see. So, if investors want to make, if let's say they have a lot of money and you know they want to make profits, would you say investing in blue chip companies are like the safest way to make money? Yes, so、um, blue chip companies are those that are well known, such as Amazon, Google, and established. So there are of course less risks associated with those companies. But the idea here is that if there's less risk, there is also less returns. Okay, so depending on the investment objective of the individual, if they just want、um, a low risk investment that with stable income, that might be a good idea. But if they want, you know, a more risky investment that could potentially give them more returns, then they'll probably look at growth companies. I see. So when people are investing, like how long, like realistically speaking, how long should they give these companies? Should they be waiting like six months to see like profits, or like should they wait even as long as like up to ten years? Well, it really depends.、Um, you know, some people do day trades, just like you buy and sell within the same day, right? Some people do a thing. It's called swing trade. That's buy and sell within a short period of time.、Um, and then you also have investors that it's buy and hold, where they would buy the stocks and hold it for a long period of time. So it really depends on what their their investment style is. I don't think there is a answer as far as how long they have to hold. You know, before a company can turn profits, it might be better if they buy and sell. Over a short time horizon, or it might be better if they just buy it and leave it there. There is there is this tax implication、um, because if you you are buy you are buying and selling within a short time horizon, you're paying higher、um, capital gain taxes. 
you just buy it and leave it there for a few years and your tax rate would be lower. Um, so I don't think there is really an correct answer to that. It really depends on the investment styles of the individual. When it comes to like investors, like new investors, what trading platform would you recommend? Because there's like a lot out there. Like uh, there, I know that Robinhood is like the most popular one. And then there's like TD Ameritrade. And I think there's also Webull or uh, I'm not yeah. really sure. So which one would you recommend to beginners? You know, it's interesting. You mentioned all three. So I actually tried all three. I have all three. Um, I think Personally, I like TD Ameritrade the best. Um, easier for me to use. Webull, it's, um, I also have that because that allows you to trade at 4 a.m. Oh. Um, so I think TD Ameritrade, you have to wait until 7 a.m. to trade. Mm-hmm. But if you have used Webull, you can trade at 4 a.m. Robinhood, I don't actually know too much. I have an account with them, but um, not end up using it because I actually think they're pretty confusing the way that it works. But, but that... I believe allows you to buy a fraction of a share. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you want to buy Tesla, you have a hundred dollar to invest. You can buy a fraction of that. So there is benefits of that too. Um, but overall, I don't think it really matters that much because right now, like, it, there's all commission free, mm-hmm. so you don't actually pay, pay anything. Um, so I think unless you are a day trader, that you know you need. To and all that um i think any of the platform are okay right it's interesting because um for me personally i use td ameritrade and <laughs> i kind of like i wouldn't say regret but i kind of regret not trying out Robinhood before because i heard that Robinhood actually has a lot of like restrictions on beginner traders like they don't allow you to trade pink sheets and td ameritrade does and it's interesting because you know all my penny stocks that I've invested in they're mostly like pink sheets. So it's interesting. Yeah, I feel like Robinhood definitely has a little bit more control, but would you say that's that could be a good thing for beginner investors who like me um don't have a lot of knowledge and then you know I get into like TD Ameritrade and then I trade pink sheets. Would you say like Robinhood kind of like taking control could be a better thing for beginner investors? Yeah, that could be a possible reason. Um, I think one thing you need to watch out for is how much margin they allow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually don't know how much they allow, but my TD accounts, they do allow a lot of margin. So I just be careful not to use that unless, you know, like you are able to afford the margin. But I don't think the platform itself give you any warnings, like even though it if it's not a pink sheet stock, um, right. if it's a risky stock, it doesn't really tell you. So again, going right. back to the idea that where you need to you know, do your homework and spend time understanding the company, I think that's very important. I see. Um, so there have been like a lot of crazy things that have happened in the stock market within the last year or so. But I want to talk about GameStop here. Um, but yeah, let's talk about GameStop. What happened to you? Of course, I, I also spent time trying to figure out what happened um, after GameStop. It's all over the news. So my understanding, I think it's because you have this um, one of the investors, I forgot his name, but he was a financial advisor before. Um, so he started posting about GameStop on Reddit. And then he came up with this idea of um, trying to short squeeze 
game stock because game stock is a stock that you have a lot of short seller、um, that's shorting the stock, so there is a very high interest. So,、uh-huh. so this guy came up with the idea is that if we push the price higher, then we're going to see short squeeze, and, and which will push the price even higher. So, so I think that's what happened. Just to go back to the short selling part,、um, so that's when、um, usually investor they would buy a share and hope that the price of that goes up.、Um, but short selling is the opposite. It's where、um, you have a trader that comes in, they borrow to sell. Okay, so they short the stock, meaning that they actually borrow somebody's share to sell it, and they hope the price. To go down, okay. So they will make profit if the price go down. Now with GameStop, the short interest is I think over a hundred percent, which means you have a lot of traders that is holding the short position with GameStop. Now if the price go down, it will work very well for those traders, okay. But if the price go up, they will start losing money. For example, if you short a stock at ten dollar, price go down to nine, you'll be making a dollar. But if price go up to eleven, you would be losing a dollar, right? Right. So as price go up, well, of course, the, the short short sellers they can choose to continue to hold the stock, but of course, they may want to cover their position, meaning to stop their loss. So if price go up. Far enough, you will see a lot of these、um, short sellers start covering those their positions. Now, what we what I meant by covering means that they will have to buy the stock. So let's say they short it at ten. Now the price went up to thirteen. Okay, and well, they fear that it will continue go up, which means they will lose more money. So they will start buying at thirteen. And、what happens is when you have whole bunch short sellers start covering their position, there's more buying, and the price of the stocks continue to go up. So with GameStop, I think that was the idea for this group of people get together, try to push the price high enough so that the short sellers start、um, covering their position, and therefore the price will continue to go up.、Um, so that I think that's where it started initially. Um, and then it makes such a headline that、um, it's on news everywhere. I think you will see crazy things about people paying for a billboard、um, about、um, with the sign that GameStop going to the moon. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So it became like.、Um, A headline, where then you get additional investors that comes in and try to buy the well buy the share, but of course as a form of gambling. All right, I bought one share just to see where it would go. <laughs> but、um, yeah, but that's you know that I think that's what happened. Yeah, it's really interesting because、um, I read a lot of articles too, and then、uh, it was like this Reddit group of investors called like、uh, Wall Street Bets. I think that was the name、yes. of the Reddit group. And it's interesting, like because it seems like they have like certain type of animosity towards this, yeah, towards like the Wall Street group of investors. Are they, I had a question, like, are these Wall Street, uh, filthy rich like investors? Are they the ones that do short selling more than like regular investors? I think so because. You have to have the knowledge to short a stock. I would think professional investors are those that more likely to short than retail investors. But yeah, from what you said, was that was another thing was where 
the retail investors sort of got together against the big guys. And that was one of the things that was discussed as well. So it's not only about making money, but now there's this movement that they were trying to push. Right, right. Yeah, it's crazy because I read, or I also read another article that short sellers, they lost like billions of dollars from this whole incident. Um, I mean, it's crazy. Like, have you ever seen anything like this before where like retail investors, like you said, they use social media to kind of manipulate the market? Like, have you ever seen anything like this before? I don't think so. I mean, like, I don't have too long of um, investing histories anyway. But from what I heard from CNBC, um, I think it did happen at one point in early 2000. Uh, but of course, the technologies are different. But then you don't have blog that people can get on and share their opinions um, as easy as what we have right now. Yeah, but I, I don't think this is the first time. But of that magnitude, it's probably the first time. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting because, I mean, I've only started investing like four months ago but i heard that like you know these hedge funds and a lot of like uh wall street elite investors they it seems like they kind of do this on the regular uh where they kind of manipulate the market and it seems like the retail investors finally had enough and they made this movement to go against them can you talk about that uh, about that for a moment because i know there are a lot of claims out there that are saying that you know hedge funds and wall street elite investors manipulate the market is that actually true or are there evidences that support that i personally don't think there is manipulation there but i do think with the big guys they have more resource as i mentioned earlier you must learn about the company right so i do think with the hedge funds um or just wealthy individuals there are a lot more time and resource that's spent on um, understanding the company and therefore they're likely to make more than retail investors that have limited resource in gathering information but market manipulation i don't think that I mean, it might be um, some cases, but I don't think that's the norm here. Yeah, so that that's just my personal opinion on that. I want to uh, shift gears here for a minute uh, and talk about the Biden administration. Now that there is a new president in office with new policies, what industries do you think will see the most benefits? So I didn't personally spend a lot of time to look at his um, new policies, but my understanding is that there is a push for clean energy. So industries like electrical cars and any clean energy industry that will likely to benefit. That's one thing that you can see after he was elected, the stocks of those industries went up a lot. There was corrections already. So like right now, I think it went up the end of last year in January, uh, a lot of the stocks in those industries went up a lot, but now it came back down. Some of them even correct about 50%. So it's, it's really hard to say what will happen, but my understanding is that um, I think there's this new credit for buying electric cars. So that might be a trim that will benefit. Mm. Um, I want to ask something about like the stock market correction. What is the stock market correction? What, like, how does this work? 
Oh, so correction is just means that it went up too high and then it came back down a little bit. Well, since last year, first of all, you see the crash in March. So basically, at that time, doesn't matter what industry you are in, everything went down a lot, and then price continued to go up. And as you can see, we are in all-time high right now with the index. But I think in the summer of last year, and also towards the end of last year, a lot of the growth stocks went up. Well, in my opinion, too much because. These stocks basically they're growth stocks, so they don't have any earnings. So, for example, Neo was one of the stocks that I was looking at in the in the summer. It was around I think eleven, twelve dollar, and I I like the stock a lot because I like their cars. Um, and I think the Chinese market is very big. So it was eleven dollar in the summer, and it it went up all the way to around I think seventy dollar. Right. It's the end of the year, and the correction that I was referring to is now it came back down to. Um, today was like thirty five or so.、Mm-hmm. So the market corrects itself, basically moving it away from the bubble price.、Um, so that's what I meant by correction. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Neo because、um, I invested in Neo too, and I feel like that was the only stock that I actually gained positive earnings from.、Um, yeah, it's it's crazy because I saw. Stock prices of any companies they were like skyrocketing, and then now it's just like, well, as of late, everything's been like red, you know, everything's been going down. And I was wondering, like, why? Why is it like that? You know,、um, so I don't think like everything is red. I think there is a rotation factor. So what happened last year is、um, since of March and April. The bank stocks, the hotel, the airlines, anything that has to do with or that is impacted by coronavirus, the banks are impacted because we think the economics, you know, we're gonna go into a recession. But all of those travel stocks, um, the cruise and so on, they went down a lot. But the thing is, the money didn't come out from the star markets; they were rotated to stocks like Neo. Electric cars because they were not really impacted, right? To Peloton, that's the exercise bike. To Zoom, that was a big one. So to a lot of these technology stocks that it's not affected by coronavirus. Right now, you're seeing a lot of reds, but it's just a rotation from those stocks that went up a lot last year. Now the monies are back to the banks, the airlines, the hotel. Because if you look at the index, the index keep growing, so the money are still in the market. There is actually more money that's going in the overall markets. It's just rotating from one sector to another sector. So that's my understanding. Now, do we will we see another rotation? Possibly. So you might again see those travel stocks. I think well, the money will be in the travel stocks for a while because now we're just starting to get vaccine.、Um, everything starts to open, but would they come back to the growth stocks? Very possible. What I want to ask next is like, what should people be doing when when the stocks are going down? Well, depending on the reason and depending on how much you believe in the stock. So for me personally, if it's a stock that I don't one is I don't understand it well enough, or I just don't have too much confidence in the stock. If it went down, you know, if I lose money, I would cut my loss. So I would take a loss and sell the stock. But if it's something that 
I really believe in, for example, right now I have a position in um, CCIV. That stock, it's um, it's a spec that they bought Lucent, which is an electric car. So for me, that is one stock that I really like. So it did go down a bit from where I bought it at, but for that I will hold on to the stock because I believe in the company. So it really depends on well, one is why did it go down? Is it because a bad news that came out that materially impact the companies. If that's the reason, you may want to consider selling the stock and just take a loss. But if it's just due to things like market um, rotation that I mentioned before, mm-hmm. you might just hold on to the stock to see what will happen in the future. I see that. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like it really does depend on a lot of people and like kind of their personalities. Like for me, like whenever I see like losses i like kind of start to panic you know like i'm looking at my like portfolio stock portfolio like almost every single like second so like for me i don't know i don't know if it's just because i'm very impatient um i think that's what it is but uh you know when yeah go ahead yeah, I, I think for um, beginning investors, so there is also this emotional factor there. Right. <laughs> that even though you are thinking rationally, they mm. might be emotion that it's affecting your decisions. My recommendation is that you will only buy the stock that you really believe in, and you might be able to hold on to it <laughs> for a little bit longer. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, so investing in like stocks that or in companies that you believe in. Um, Right. Just think about if it's a company that you think will be successful, maybe you are losing a few percentage here, but what about over five years? Again, if you have to invest the money that you don't need to use in the foreseeable future, so you can just leave it there. Man, I wish I had this conversation with you before I invested. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not an expert here. I'm sharing my opinion, opinion. You know, I'm not the best investor. No, I think you have. I mean, I think it's really insightful to actually like hear from an accounting, you know, perspective as well. And obviously, you know, uh, more than a regular investor, how to look at these financial documents, like you said. And, you know, I think it's definitely helpful. You know, I I consider you a professional, you know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but um, um, all right. So we're kind of running low on time here. So um. What do you expect to see from the stock market moving forward? And what advice would you personally give to new investors? So moving forward, as I mentioned um, right now, um, and we just experienced the rotation from one sector to another sector, the growth stocks to those value stocks such as travel um, banks and so on. My personal opinion, again, could be wrong. It's going forward, we could probably see this rotation back to the growth stock because the growth stock is where, you know, it's higher risk, but of course there will be higher returns as well. So that's where I see the stock market going to be. And another thing that, well, I'm not sure about, but we are at all time high right now. So do we see another correction that is also possible for the overall markets? Um, I have a pullback a little bit, but may also see a continued growth trend because the economic, it's, you know, everything is opening. It seems like unemployment rates are dropping. The housing market's crazy right now. So it, it seems like the economic is doing okay. 
Mm-hmm. The economy is doing okay, so hopefully the stock markets will follow that as well. Advice to new investors, um, yeah. So again, as I mentioned before, it's you know they really need to spend time understanding any of the company that you invest in. And I think if you have to do one thing, is I would look at the news a lot. CNBC is a good resource. Uh, Yahoo Finance, that's another one that I look at as well. Um, so just. Be open-minded, not just looking at one single stop, but、um, sort of have different perspective, and not just understanding one single company, but you do also need to understand the overall market environment, the economies, and、uh, many factors、um, that will affect the stock market. And therefore, reading the news that is, I think, the best thing you can do as a new investor. All right, Ivy. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to the QC Pod. Special thanks to Ivy Huang from Queens College. The QC Pod is a production of Queens Podcast Lab. To learn more, visit queenspodcastlab.org. I'm Han Meicho. Thanks for listening.